What is going on, people? Welcome to another episode of Daniel's Den. I am your host, Daniel Pasley. So today I wanted to talk about a team a lot of people have been asking about, a team that people forget, man. These are the, the defending champions, the Toronto Raptors. I mean, a lot of us didn't really expect to say this, especially with a lot that's gone on with the Raptors. You know, the Vince Carter era, obviously the Chris Bosh era, DeMar DeRozan era. You know, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of teams that let a lot of people down. But, you know, this is a team that is starting to prove that despite having Kawhi Leonard leave and Danny Green, as much as, much as people may not think he's that good of a player, you know, those two were real impactful on their team last year. Both had championship experience, obviously Kawhi being the dog on the team. But for the most part, this team's pretty much intact. Uh, from last year, you know, they're second in the East at the moment with a record of 46 and 18. Had a very, very good road trip, uh, finishing off with back to back wins against Sacramento and Utah. And we've seen growth despite a lot of guys who are in position to do things missing time. So let's dive into why this team's been so successful. So, looking at the team itself, uh, obviously, as the Raptors have been a, a team, a surprise for people. And for a lot of people, it's been, where were you at, man? Like, you're finally uh, woke on in terms of uh, how good the Raptors team is. You know, a lot of people do forget, you know, this is a championship team. As much as they did lose Kawhi, they did lose Danny Green. This is a team that has pretty much everybody back. There's obviously been Jay Lynn didn't really play much. Jody Meeks didn't play much. They've, they've had very minimal impact guys leave in terms of, you know, going overseas or just taking time off. The Raptors have been a surprise team for a lot of folks, but to those of us that have been able to watch them, you can see why this team's been so successful. And there's been surprises in some sorts. I thought early, for me, my concern was who was going to be the guy off the bench. You know, who's going to be the guy that provides a spark? But having Serge Ibaka obviously play big minutes, since uh, Marcus Saul's been out, and he's been a monster himself, um, going 18 points from the new year and on. Uh, it seems like 2020 is uh, giving them some clear vision. Where to Drake? But uh, you know, <laughs> I go on 53 from the field, 44 from the line. Sorry, from the three. That'd be bad if you're shooting 44 from the line. Um, and 77 from the line. So obviously. Having Marcus all out has allowed for him to get minutes, but at the same time, I think, you know, having Serge Ibaka in offers rim protection, and he's also, uh, you know, he's a better athlete than Mark is. As much as um, we don't really necessarily look at Serge as a guy that is going to fly and do windmills and do all this crazy stuff, but Serge is a good athlete. He's a guy that OKC invested in. They saw a lot in him, a career 36% three-point shooter who also block shots. I think that's something that we tend to forget. Uh, you know, so you know, so early in his career, he blocked as many as almost four shots a game during the lockout year. Career two blocks a game. His blocks have slowly declined, but with that being, he does offer them a unique two-way aspect of the game just because there's not many guys that can block shots and shoot threes. I mean, there's like a short list of guys. Maybe I could be wrong, but Carl Anthony Towns is a guy defensively doesn't really block that many shots in a way that you're f afraid of him. But, you know, Porzingis is probably the main guy. Um, Anthony Davis is a guy that blocks shots, but the three ball is something that he hasn't really shot at a rate that Serge Ibaka has. So it's like 
hey, man, there's a short list of guys. I just named three guys, and those guys are considered, you know, the young up-and-coming stars in the league. So that says a lot about Serge, and I think having him being able to switch out on people, um, he also does a good job of um, playing drop coverage, especially when they ice on the side in terms of uh, setting guy baseline. Serge doesn't really make many mistakes. He's not really a guy that you look at and say, wow, like Serge is very foul prone. He averages about three a game, which isn't too bad, but for a guy block shots, but at the same time, I think Serge, he's a pretty smart defender. You know, we kind of get lost in, in terms of face value, in terms of uh, stats, as, as I've said, with like guys like Hassan Whiteside. But Serge is a guy that, without Mark, this team has been second in defensive uh, efficiency. And Mark's, Mark is a guy that's won Defensive Player of the Year. So I think that's where this team, with Nick Nurse, having the options to go boxing one, we saw that in the finals. Um, we've seen it this year. When they came back from, what, 27 down against uh, Dallas, uh, they've had wins against the Lakers. I mean, this team's had good wins, man. I know Milwaukee's been a team that they've struggled with. Um, last year, I did say that matchup to me, at least before the conference rounds. I was iffy about it. But now it's like, even with their loss losses early in the year, I'm still feeling confident in this team in terms of posing a threat. Just because having such versatility on defense and having guys that can switch having defensive specialists allows for nurse to flex uh certain uh defensive muscles in terms of what they got because in certain lineups he can play McCaw just because they may need a guy to play point guards og is a guy that has shown growth to play wings norm can do a little bit of both kind of like an avery bradley role in terms of his defense can guard point guards and also can guard some taller guys despite being a bit undersized in terms of height. So to me, that that is a very scary aspect of Toronto's game. I, you kind of look at the teams in the East. They don't really – there's not very many teams that kind of offer as much defensive versatility as a rap. Maybe the Clippers, the Lakers, you know, maybe the Bucks. Um, that's, that's about it. Philadelphia does have guys, but they don't really do as much on both ends where you're like, okay, I got to account for this guy on the other end. As great as Matisse Thibel is, I think the Raptors have um, some guys who can do a lot on both ends of the basketball court. But um, again, on offense, this is something that I thought, you know, kind of looking at it is like, man, this team's going to struggle. They, and this is the thing. As I've said, their bench hasn't really they, – they, they've stepped up, but they also haven't gotten many lit minutes. So 28th in minutes, you look at that and you're like, okay, this is a team that – they don't really put guys in positions to fail. And as I've said, the Clippers are first in bench minutes, rightfully so. They have two guys that are top two in terms of six men in the league. But you look at that and you say, hey, come playoff time, we're going to have to shorten our bench. That's what a lot of teams say. You can't play, obviously, Kyle and um, Pascal. You know, you can't really rest them for that long. And I think Nurse does know this, and he doesn't really – he doesn't really play a long, uh, a deep bench. He plays about three guys, sometimes four, depending on how four or five, depending on how he's feeling. But um, I think the the management of the bench has been super great in terms of he finds a guy that has a spark. He got he rides a wave, and then if that doesn't work, maybe he'll try something new. I think that's something about Nick Nurse that 
we can't really criticize because he's been a guy that, okay, Chris Boucher may have had 15 rebounds this game. He may not have it today. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go with Rondé. Rondé may, not, Ron, Rondé may not have it. I can go with um, Terrence Davis, so on and so forth. Because, which is going to be scary, I think, for a lot of teams when they're healthy, just because having a guy like Norm is going to be key. But the thing is, if he's not going to be healthy, as I've said, a lot of these guys can't really um, create their own shot in terms of McCaw, um, Ron, Rondé Hollis, Jefferson, guys like that. OG has shown flashes, but at the same time, I think having Norm and Pascal is a two-headed monster on the wing. Something that a lot of people were looking at the lineup saying, whoa, Norm is the starting uh, three? I don't know about that, but give it to him. He has stepped up to bat, and he's he's been uh, getting a lot of home runs in terms of uh, baseball analogy, in terms of the big plays he's made, big games he's had. Um, the health is going to obviously be a big thing, but just moving on to pa Pascal Siakam, what I saw in the Utah game was great. I thought... This is something that I've I've criticized with Giannis and criticized with him. Those are two guys that haven't really played basketball that long, so I think that's something that they're going to have to grow and they're going to grow with in terms of playmaking. And obviously with this year, we have seen that with Kawhi um, in terms of his playmaking being something that's – I think he's averaging a career high in assists. And looking at Pascal, you're, you're looking at him and saying, okay, this is a guy that can score – he had a lot of pressure off of him without Kawhi. Sorry, with Kawhi being there. But obviously, without Kawhi, I think he's he's done more than you can ask for in terms of uh, trying to be a better playmaker. Um, I think he does have the ability to be a guy. He has bumped up the assists a bit in terms of uh, where he was last year. He's closer to four assists. But at the same time, I think him being a guy to handle and pick and roll is deadly, especially because... He's a lot taller than people are, and he does have the ability to finish at the rim. And I think that's something that Nick Nurse has put responsibility in him. And because of the three-point prowess of a guy like Kyle Lowry versus – I know Pascal can shoot, but he's deadly when you get into the rim. And obviously being uh, Kyle being smaller, it puts a, a guy – both guys in very successful situations just because I think they're going to have to coexist with each other in terms of having – having such an impact come playoff time. And I think obviously looking at the Raptors team, as I've said, they've done it by committee, but end of the day, it's, it's about how, uh, how great your big dogs are in terms of who you have, you know, leading the forefront. And those two guys are definitely going to be key. And I think Kyle Lowry has shown in the past, you know, before you were kind of iffy about him. I think last year was a growing up, stage for him as much as he's a veteran I think that was another stage in his career where he grew you know he showed in the Orlando game where game one he didn't even I don't think he even scored but then you could argue that he was almost like an MVP candidate in terms of the first half in that uh uh Golden State series where they I think he had about 22 points in that game and a lot of people you're gonna say well who cares about Kyle Lowry man like this guy's not that good but Kyle Lowry can score. He can do he can score in a lot of ways. He, he's got a prolific three ball. He doesn't really necessarily kill you in terms of speed, but he he does good change of pace. And that's something that he he has um in his game in terms of getting guys set up, getting his own baskets. Um didn't didn't average a lot of points last year in terms of looking at his old 
playoff stats, but he averaged 15 a game. Um, you can still rely on him from shooting from three, as I've said. So that that's going to be an interesting aspect of the game to look at with this team. And I'm really intrigued to see how they incorporate the new guys. And obviously Fred being out, that's another guy I've forgotten. See, that's the thing. Fred definitely and, and Kyle can play with each other in terms of lineups. Um, they, they, they can coexist. They, they can defend. They can shoot. They can play make. They can play off the ball in terms of uh, lineups. So I think that three-guard lineup is definitely going to be key. That's something that we've cri- kind of criticized with Toronto in the past. They've had guys that didn't really complement each other. And looking at this team, you know, Masai has put together a, a blueprint for Nurse to work with. And, man, yeah, man, I, I feel good about this Raptors team. I know I really said, you know, that Milwaukee game was kind of telling in terms of how potent Milwaukee is. But of late, this is why I always say, always say, say, we stay. We still got to find out who is what. And um, there's still 20 games left, man. That's the thing. And Milwaukee of late look real human. Whether that holds uh, over come playoff time, you never know. As I've said before, you know, Milwaukee did look like they were going to steamroll through the East. Toronto makes adjustments, and then they, they lose four in a row. And I think Toronto still has the – they still have the makeup to – to definitely pose a threat, you know, just looking at the East, um, just the potential matchup of Boston. To me, I think Boston may regret not acquiring a, a big man. Obviously, Robert Williams is a young guy, but he hasn't really shown glimpses of being a threat in terms of offense. He doesn't really score the balls of primarily a dunker, likes to block shots, but at the same time, I think the lack of size is going to kill him. and. I'm intrigued to see how um, a guy like Nurse would pretty much try to manipulate his small ball. Obviously, Boston does it as good as anybody in the league, but I think having a guy like Serge, having a guy like Mark Gasol, and neutralizing them on the glass. Um, Boston has shown the inability to finish in terms of at the rim. I was even watching the Utah game. They did, you know, guys like uh, Jason Tatum, uh, Kemba Walker, I think Toronto does have the bodies to throw at them in terms of how they can throw those guys off their game. And the other matchup would possibly be with Miami, depending on how things fall. But I'd rather play Miami fully healthy if I'm Toronto, just because the the acquisition of Jimmy Butler, a lot of people have been praising it. I'm not here to hate on Jimmy Butler. He's received a lot of hate. He's been a guy that's been a subject of a lot of criticism. I think he's still a great player, but at the same time, Outside of Duncan Robinson, I'm kind of skeptical in terms of their shooting, one. And two, who's the guy on that team? Um, As great as Butler is, as great as Bam has been, I don't think this team really has enough creators on offense in terms of uh, what they can pose as a threat for Toronto. I know I said Boston is a smaller team, but they do have guys who can score. But... Outside of Jimmy, a lot of these guys haven't had a lot of playoff experience, one. And two, I think the play of Bam out of bio is definitely going to be key in that series, especially because of, you know, looking at it, you got Marcus Saul. Obviously, is a guy that, because of Bam's uh, inability to shoot, and he loves to dribble handoff, loves to try to turn the corner on guys. And Mark's a smart defender. He'll give him a cushion, uh, play off of him, not really to an extent where he's getting steamrolled through and uh, causing his team to be in foul trouble and then they have to go to their bench. But 
I think having a guy like Serge as well, another rim protector, and Toronto has the defense, defensive capabilities to lock up guys like Duncan Robinson. I know he's been on fire of late, um, a guy that obviously is a great story, D3 guy, but hasn't really shown the ability to create his own shot. He's run off a lot of pin downs, a lot of staggers. You know, a guy that doesn't really get asked to create it. I know that's not part of his game. Will it ever be? Who knows? But Tyler Hero, again, another guy that a lot of people are high on, hasn't had a very impactful rookie campaign. Obviously, they, they do have a lot of wings in the acquisition of Iggy and Crowder. Definitely hurts. But I think Toronto in, in those matchups, I, I like what I see if I'm them. I think you look at it and you have an advantage at in every uh, aspect. And even Milwaukee, man, as much as uh, Giannis has looked like a Superman, um, obviously of late he's been hurt. But at the same time, you got to look at it as Toronto. As we've beaten this team, I know we don't have Kawhi. That's that's the mindset that they have. They may think, oh, we don't have Kawhi. But we've all been here before. And I think Nick Nurse is going to put his guys in position and the inability of guys like Bledsoe to shoot. Lopez has been streaky from three. Um, so it's a little skeptical in terms of that matchup. I know I'm thinking way ahead, but at the same time, I'm just just comparing the Raptors. I think we shouldn't sleep on this team. A lot of people that may have had them outside of the playoffs, we're starting to see why this team was much more than just Kawhi. It was much more than the Spurs' DNA in terms of Danny Green being there and Kawhi obviously being a guy that's been in multiple finals. But, hey, man, let me know what you guys think. I think Toronto is a team to be – that that's going to have a pretty good run. I think they're primed to have a long run in the playoffs, whether they get to finals or not. That remains to be seen, but let me know what you guys think. Shoot some comments. Please like, share, and subscribe. Take care, y'all. That's all, folks.